Uh, hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris. As always, I'm joined by, you know, the lovely, he's an, he's an absolute gent, honestly, the southerner, Harry. Harry, how's you been, our kid? Good. Why do you always call me our kid? What do you mean? What do you mean? It's just, it's just a saying. It's just what people say from up north. I call everyone our kid. I think of a kid in WWE, but like... Oh, yeah, we call him our kid too. It's just <laughs> our kid. You know, hey up, our kid, how you doing? Just a greeting. What's your problem with that? No, I'm, I'm, I just, I just never heard it before. Besides you. Well, yeah, of course you would. And you live in, you know, shit all Southampton. Honestly, up, up north, everyone's <laughs> polite to each other. Yeah, you know, I, I know down south, you know, honestly, like if someone says hello to you, you ring police. But up north, we're all polite and you know, a bit of charm. You know, that, that's why people listen to this. It's for my northern charisma. And my... I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I have no idea either. Um, but you're not the only southerner today. Uh, we're also joined by the host of Radio Techers. You know, as, um, you know, anti-football podcast is the elite, you know, it's, it's the premiere of football podcasts. Um, we feel like we should take it upon ourselves to, you know, raise uh, the little guys. You know, um, you know, I, I know that um, they're probably going to struggle to stay on our level, but you know, give them a little bit of a boost. This, this this podcast is so good, we don't even get paid. Exactly. Yeah, we don't need to get paid. We're that good. Um, but you know, we are joined by another southerner, so I'm going to be outnumbered. Harry, you're going to have a friend for once. Um, it is the, you know, he's he's very inviting. He's not the worst part of his own podcast. I will say that. Uh, it is the Texas gentleman Tanner. As you've been, our kid. I'm doing quite well. Thank you guys for having me on the show today. <laughs> I hope my my. Southern accent doesn't throw anybody off. This is a very, very different kind of Southern that I'm bringing to your show. So how's it going, Anti-Football Pod? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well, listeners. And again, thank you guys for having me on. This is absolutely brilliant. Ah, no problem, honestly. We need some people to make us look smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I just wanted to, um, before we get into everything, you know, um, I just wanted to, um, you know, the talk to you a little bit first um now obviously for those of you who don't know tanner is a liverpool fan um i just wanted to ask you you know what are your um you know your sort of first memories of being a liverpool fan you know what sort of pushed you towards being a liverpool fan well yeah no um it, it's a very interesting question because obviously here in the states it's not like i can just you know hop on a plane or hop on a boat and go to go to anfield just like that right um it it really starts with like you know hey you know they start presenting matches here at the state side and really one of the first matches that i kind of watched i mean steven gerrard was playing and i you know uh, something about him this his power the technique his ability and, and and the fact that he really seemingly was playing almost by himself <laughs> even within his own team he kind of uh he kind of capped he literally captained that team for so many years. So there was something about Steven Gerrard that I was like, man. And you kind of look into the lore 
uh, of Liverpool a little bit, and you know the 2005 Istanbul game with uh, you know Steven Gerrard and uh, you know scoring the header uh, goal, uh, Xabi Alonso, all the players that have walked through there. And, you know, over the years, you see other guys like Fernando Torres walk through and and now this team that Jurgen Klopp has put together. Yeah, I mean, there's just something something so fascinating about Liverpool. And for me, a bit of a part of that is never walk alone at the beginning of the matches. It's so haunting and inviting, you know, uh, it just something something drew me right into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand why, um, you know, it, the club itself would have that sort of like, you know, that sort of appeal. Um, and so I just want to ask you as well, what's it like, you know, being a, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, you're a fan living in the United States. I mean, what's that like for you? I mean, you know, apart from having to wake up a bit early for kickoff times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not too uh, 5.30, watch the game at 6 a.m. <laughs> that's that's what you do when you're a fan, right? You wake up, you watch your club, you watch your team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there, there's a lot that um, that I've kind of learned over the years about uh, what it means to be a, a, a real football fan here in the States, um, <laughs> especially here in Texas. Um, a lot of people probably from, from Texas could... We'll, we'll tell you straight up. Uh, Texas is a football state, and by football, I mean more like NFL style football. Yeah, I call it hand egg. That's really what it is because yes. you're, yes, you know, the, you, you can't see a podcast. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm two big thumbs up there because it is hand egg. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. <laughs> oh, but that, that's that's what they, I mean, they, hey, I'm a real football fan. Like I, I like association football and then they kind of like tilt their head and like, look at you funny. And then you're like soccer. Yeah. I, I mean, soccer. And they're like, Oh, okay. 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 But still you kind of get that little, Oh, you're the, you're kind of odd. Like you kind of like watch, watch foot, like, like soccer. Like that's your thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, so you, it is, it is interesting. Obviously I would, um, you know, matches, you know, support Liverpool and go to matches at Anfield or, or travel in England and, and, and watch uh, games away there. Um, you know, one day I will, I'm sure. Um, it is nice, though. Uh, my hometown, Austin, is actually uh, the they're having their first ML. Uh, Austin FC is having their first MLS season um, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. So uh, that's pretty cool, I think. Um, maybe I'll do some traveling down there to go and catch a few games. Uh, yeah, it's always nice when you know the local team does well. And I, I mean, I know MLS is um, sort of picking up a bit of steam, isn't it? I mean, I know you know there's a lot more, well, it, it's a lot more Americanized, which makes sense because it is in America. Yes, but you know, um, uh, but you know, I mean, I get that you know you're not a proper football fan so i mean you know i can imagine that it's bad for you as well um but you know <laughs> yeah yes yeah, yeah. So i'm sure it's yeah, I mean, interesting yeah i mean mls is a it's a very it's a very different approach i mean obviously um 
you know, people will, will talk about the quality comparisons of like, hey, you know, oh man, I I love I love watching MLS, you know, and, and hey, MLS is great. I take nothing away from uh, from from the men who play in MLS. I take nothing away from uh, from the women who play in the uh, in, in the women's division leagues here in the states. Um, but it's true that you know if you're men's association football. A lot of the big stars that you're going to find, uh, and, and a lot of the big teams historically are all in Europe or elsewhere, right? Um, so there's a perception that we we're like a retirement league, like we're hoping like we get the Messi's and the Ronaldos, we've gotten the Kakas, we've gotten the Thierry Henrys, you know, they've all passed through the doors here um, in the states. You know, uh, hopefully that perception maybe changes sometime in the future, but um, we'll see. <laughs> well, I think it's just because it's a new thing, really. You know, you don't have, um, like over here, you'll have four mm. generations of people supporting the same club, you know, going back to you know, right. pre World War One era. So, you know, like, there's just not that history there. Um, and going back right. to you also mentioned um, women's game as well, because that's some of what's always fascinated you know, me at the very least, is the fact that you know it's far more popular than the men's game, whereas, you know, over here, it's, well, I'm going to say it's, non- it's non-existent, because it's not, but, like, you know, the mm. disparity between the men's game and the women's game over here is um, very vast. Um, what do you put that down to, really? Is it just the fact that the women's team are better and the men's team aren't as good? <laughs> I th- I think they are better. I think they're I think they're miles better. Um, you know, I, they the the women's national team is probably as far as United States air quotes soccer is concerned. Um, you know, that, like that's that's like enough, right? Like like multi-time women's world cup champions. I mean, that's it's it's astounding really. Um I, I really don't know what I could peg it down to. I think that there is. Um, uh, I'm trying to be very careful when I say this. I think there's a lot of like gender conceptions within sports here. Like, oh, okay. Well, if you're if you're a male, you're going to go and play. You're going to play football. You're going to do it's physical. It's a manly thing, right? And that's kind of like uh, it's not really a thing anymore, right? We're 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 advancing as a human civilization, you know. But there's that conception. Oh, you're going to go play football or whatever. Uh, it, whereas you know, uh, maybe soccer uh, here, soccer is maybe a little bit more nuanced, and you have to have like actual skill and technique, and like you know, you don't. Have have to be just like just the women's national team has been so good for so long that I think that it helps you know girls of all ages kind of aspire hey you know that could be me like that could be me scoring the goal at the world cup you know and 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 it just sets a nice foundation I don't think the men the men's side of it has ever really had that moment it's like, oh yeah, you know, maybe you get like the Christian Pulisic's and 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 these other kind of players here who, you know, uh, who aspire to be, you know, massive footballers, but they've now the the men's national team's not really ever done it right. Like they've never won that World Cup. They've they've never had their moment. They've never gotten their flowers. The women's national team, I mean, that, that's that's one of probably the best sporting institutions that America's had ever as a national team 
Um, so there is that foundation fundamentally here uh, for the women's team and and the women's side of football here in the states. I think really makes me laugh how much you try to be careful with your language there. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to be like, oh, you know, men do this and women do this, and I was like, I don't want to be like. I don't want to come across as sexist, but there is that 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 conception here uh, in, in sports. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't that way. Um, I will say there. Who was it? I want to say it was maybe maybe um, there was a, a a women's national team player. Uh, her name is fleeting me at the moment, but she did try out to be a kicker for an NFL team uh, not too long ago. Um, so there is maybe that breaking of the you know that that breaking of the wall that the, that glass ceiling there that hopefully we can start you know maybe seeing more opportunities like that in in um, the NFL in particular. Was it Megan Rapinoe? I think that's I think that's right, Megan Rapinoe. Uh, she's a very polarizing individual. Yeah, I know that's a kind of an ugly term, but... Oh, God, what's he going to say? Uh. <laughs> well, she's, she's demanding that the women's national team gets paid as much as the men's. But they, mm-hmm. prior to the World Cup, they played the FC Dallas under-15s, and they were, like, boys, and they lost 5-2. And I just find that if you're losing to a boys' team... Why should you be earning as much as professionals? And the disparity in <laughs> the disparity in viewership is definitely much larger in America. I think two hundred mm-hmm. plus million watched the final. Is that correct? Uh, two million watched th- which which final? The World Cup Women's World Cup final for uh, USA. Uh, I can check. Let me see here. Women's World Cup final. Viewers, riveting content. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the final between. Uh, let me see here. The USA and the Netherlands was the most watched FIFA Women's World Cup match ever, with a live audience of eighty-two point one eight million, um, up fifty-six percent from the two thousand fifteen final audience, which is fifty-two point five six million. To, uh, total unique viewers two hundred. 63.2 million unique. That's according to FIFA.com. So, uh, the old Google game, machine. The unique viewers is in the billions. So, that's why marketing, the, yeah. the marketing <clears throat> of it, the viewership, the, not, I don't know what else, like the, I don't know, just like, I just don't think they quite equate. Mm. Well, I mean, it's easy to, um, especially for you know myself and Harry, to look at it from a very um, sort of Anglo-centric view, you know, because we're looking at it from the view of you know the English game, where the men's game and the women's game, you know, there's a huge disparity. Um, whereas mm-hmm. in America, that gap is you know sort of if not completely flat, sort of like you know it's, it's a lot. You know, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands. No one can see it. Um, but it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot smaller of a gap. Um, Actually, that's, than... that's a point I didn't consider. 
Well, yeah. yeah. Well, U.S. men's team is going to be MLS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing, like, kind of like what I was going back to saying is like the women's national team has accomplished a lot because the men's national team has accomplished really very little um, it, uh, historical lens. Um, I'm not saying like that's like you know absolutely what it like that's the driving factor here, but I, I mean, for me, you know, if you did take advantage of that and say, "Hey, look, this is the women's national team. Look at their accomplishments. Look at how look at how awesome they are at consistently, you know, winning uh, and, and beating teams all all around." The they actually marketed that, you know, maybe they money disparity would not be a problem. But it seems like for whatever reason, uh, advertisers or whoever's in charge of marketing uh, really, really seems in, in, in trying to do that. You are seeing more than what you what you would have, um, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. But, um, I, I, you know, in a lot of cases here, you know, people that are on the women's national team. You know, it wasn't that long ago where they were working extra jobs in addition to playing professionally. Like they had to like in order to make a living, like they had to work another job in addition to playing soccer. Whereas a, whereas a man could possibly get away with, hey, I'm, if I'm playing professionally, I'm making I'm making good money. I don't have to worry about like going out and get another job. That was until very recently. That was not the case for, you know, a lot of women who played uh, professionally here in the States. Mm. Okay, I didn't yeah. know about the bit where they had to work second jobs. I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, it's it was it's kind of shameful. But not near the men's level, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, let me see. I, I might be able to find a figure for you. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it it's you know that's a you know it it just makes them sound like amateurs, like you know, like you know if I went down to my local club, you know, Silson in the ninth or tenth tier or something, I can't remember. They're, they're pretty shite. Um, but, you know, if I went down there, they're working second jobs. You know, you, you shouldn't have to have professionals working second jobs because, you know, you know clues in name, mm-hmm. professionals. They should be doing that professionally for their profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's actually um, lawsuits uh, regarding, uh, uh, you know, the, the pay the pay gap, the pay discrimination between the, the women's team here in the States and then the men's team here in the States. Um, so I think that's still an ongoing thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, there's uh, just like, unfortunately with any kind of a footballing federation, there always seems to be something scandalous uh, with various degrees. This one here seems like, yeah, the women should be paid more for what they do. You know, obviously with their accomplishments. Uh I do think that the U.S. men's team is historically overlooked. Like the facts, nineteen thirty, mm-hmm. they finished third. No one seems mm-hmm. to And they usually yeah, announced by the by England. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean the the men's teams the men's teams fine. I mean, it's, I, I think I think another part of it is it, it it again goes to the marketing, right? Like um, just now, like. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of a of, of somebody who I could compare Christian Pulisic to 
in in England or in just Europe proper, right? Like, I like like whenever we see the commercials for the Premier League on NBC Sports, which is going away, um, but whenever you see it like advertised Premier League soccer, it's always Christian Pulisic sliding on his knees to like the corner <laughs> flag, right? Like like celebrating like him scoring. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's bigger than even Landon Donovan was. Uh, if you guys remember who Landon wow. Donovan was. Yeah. He, he's, he's a big deal. Um, but like, I mean, you look at that compared to like, um, let's say, uh, LeBron James or Tom Brady, uh, or, you know, uh, some of these other like American sports icons, uh, who do like all the commercials and they've got like, like a Pepsi deal and an Adidas deal and all this stuff. And, and, and it's like out there, like in the marketing, right? They're straight up doing commercials for all of these sponsors. It's nowhere near any of that, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that it is getting better. There's more people are recognizing proper football as a, um, as something that there is actually an audience for here in the States. Right. Um, but go back, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago. And that really wasn't, that really wasn't the case. Um, so progress, I guess, I guess is the, the ultimate point here. We're making progress overall. Uh, Do you have historically good American players in the Premier League? Jürgen Klinsmann, obviously being the manager of them. Uh, he's German. Clint Dempsey, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a Fulham legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Tim Howard. Yeah, Tim Howard. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, so you guys get like Gary Neville and like uh, uh, like Jamie Carragher and like th- those are like your your pundits, right? We yeah. we get Tim Howard, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> it always makes me laugh whenever. Um... You know, I get up a perfectly legal um, stream to watch a game. You know, not, <laughs> not legal at all. And you get an American stream and it's, you know, the, the pundits always make me laugh because, you know, it's always ESPN or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're just banging on and it's, it just makes me laugh. I mean, there's this one, you'll probably know who it is, but there's this one English bloke who's out there, I can't remember his name, um, mm-hmm. who does punditry. And it just makes me laugh because he gets all the names wrong. It feels like he knows nothing. Like we haven't got half <laughs> on this, but it's just it's, 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 yeah, no, it's it's uh it's it's hard. It's it's really hard to watch. Well, um, I I used to dread every time that uh Lexi Lawless would do commentary. I was just like head in my hands. I was like, oh my god, like this is this is terrible. <laughs> like like. Uh, mostly because I disagreed with everything that he said, but still, he also came across most of the time as like. You know he he knows, but he doesn't know. You know, like does that make sense? Like like yeah. like, like there's something like that's when, not. Um, Stephen A. Smith were on about UFC. Like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, compare yeah, yeah, um, absolutely Lexi Lawless to um, Steve McManaman. Who would you rather listen to? <laughs> oh, maybe Steve. I don't know. Like Ooh, maybe at some point bad, he'll say Lexi. something really nice about. Maybe at some point he'll say something really nice about his time in Madrid, like once every ten seconds or thirty seconds, whatever. Like I think <laughs> the Chelsea Everton game where he just couldn't stop coughing throughout the game. <laughs> oh, he's, he's just the worst, honestly. 
Yeah, and he was sniveling as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Like, I, just, I really don't to, like either. They just need to press <laughs> harder. Honestly, just need to press harder. That's an awful Scouse accent. I used to be good at Scouse accents. What was that? Honestly, <laughs> it was fine. It was, it was all right. <laughs> Give yourself a little credit. I'm sure you've heard worse um, American accents being attempted. Oh, go go for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's let's keep the mood light here. I asked on Twitter, um, at Anti-Football Pod, I asked for a few questions. We'd have probably got more if I used the Twitter more than once every three months. Um, but we got a question here from at UTT Rob. Um, given the recent topics of the show, let's hear is who shot JFK conspiracy theory. Please, can you tell us your who shot JFK conspiracy theory, please, Tanner? Oh, gosh. Um... You know what's interesting is like people always get the perception like with especially with cons- conspiracy theories like you know like oh there's this really important person right like it couldn't have been just one guy like it couldn't have been like uh you know it like something crazy must have happened there must have been this whole cabal of people evil shadowy people that you know rose out of a swamp in a giant spaceship and planned for this to happen right um I don't know man like I've heard everything from like Oh man, there was a mob connection, or you know, the he was planning on on uh, shutting down or like regulating the CIA, um, and and they they took him out or w- whatever it is, right? Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm just one man, <laughs> like uh, I, I <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe we'll never know who who actually. But what's shot your best JFK. guess, though? Go on. Um. <laughs> If I had to venture that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald, if I had to venture that it was not him, which you do, which which I kind of do, um, there there was a very interesting theory that one of the Secret Service agents um, accidentally, when when they were looking around, uh, you know, to see where the shots were coming from initially, that maybe he had accidentally fired. That's and and the bullet that was fired was the one that actually killed him, <laughs> which is really sad. <laughs> it's just, it's it's really sad. Um, but I mean, this is what it is. <laughs> oh, oh, what what where's um, JFK? Where's where's the president? Oh, oh, there he is. Bang! <laughs> yeah, but no, he like he was just grasping his gun and you know accidentally squeezed the trigger. You know, looking around, checking for stuff. Uh, it, it would be a, it would be a terrible mistake <laughs> to, 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 to have made. Um, but I mean, they they've they've done tests. They they've they've fired off shots from from the uh, the school book depository uh, over in Dallas. I've actually been in that area. Uh, where the assassination took place in Dallas, and um, I don't know the from from the multiple tests that I've seen that they've done, it seems feasible that he could have made the shot, but all indications from what I'm aware of show that he actually missed quite a bit before he actually before it's proven that he actually hit him. So I don't I don't know. Maybe he's a good shot. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he got nervous. Maybe he he's, he's like, I I can't do it. You know, he's there and then just you know pointed the gun the wrong direction. I don't know. Is it comfortable? Um, 
Is it comfortable in Dallas? No, on that fence you're sitting on. Oh, oh. <laughs> man. I, 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 I would say it's more. Harry. <laughs> For me, it's more likely that 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 um, uh, that it was one guy that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald did kill him. He, he but I don't know if I had the fancy of a particular conspiracy. I w- I like the accidental theory. <laughs> I like the accidental serviceman theory. What about you? What What do you think? Who do you think killed JFK? Uh, well, I mean, we um, talked about this a while back, I think. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea. Well, I don't like the idea, but you know, I, I sort of <laughs> you know lean towards um, the idea of Cuba because um, I think he met Fidel Castro. I think Lee Harvey Oswald like, at some point. Um, yeah, he was um, he was trying to get Russian citizenship for a while and then he tried to get cuban citizenship at some point too yeah so because he applied to be in the um kgb i think but they said because he's american mm-hmm. is too untrustworthy yeah you know? mm. which you know is a model that most businesses should employ now when looking for employees i reckon um, <laughs> um well i think his wife was russian too wasn't she really well, i didn't know that yeah, she was yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um I don't know, man. Like it's 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 what's interesting is like I, I think what makes the conspiracy theory so interesting too is um, so JFK he, obviously he was a much heralded figure for people uh, of a younger generation back then, uh, but he made a ton of enemies. He he obviously with the the Bay of Pigs that went wrong, so the Cubans don't like him. Obviously the Cold War, the Russians don't like him. He was trying to do a lot of things with the CIA. You know, because he wasn't very trustworthy of the uh, the military industrial complex and the and, and, and intelligence and whatever. Uh, so, I mean, the CIA had maybe some reasons. Uh, you know, also the the labor unions and and mob, you know, mafia uh, figures who um, uh, allegedly helped him get elected. You know, he his brother prosecuted a bunch of them in court. Uh, so they, the, the Kennedy made a bunch of enemies, which makes this so appealing as to was it really just one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that, it's one of those things that really makes you think. I don't know. What about it? What about you, Harry? What, what do you think happened with the, with the JFK assassination? So I'm with Chris and that it was Cuba, but they pinned it on Lee Harvey Oswald because he may have found out about assassination mm-hmm. attempt and his potential involvement in trying to stop it so mm-hmm. instead of wanting to go to a war another expensive war depend on an american citizen this is a domestic terrorist issue we won't won't be going to war with cuba or russia so we'll pin it mm-hmm. on this guy and i think the words that stick out to me are the i'm a patsy immediately after getting arrested mm-hmm so that, that's what sticks out for me. Because uh, why would you lie? Well, no, but it, it does make sense for the US to have him as a scapegoat, knowing they can't blame on a CIA guy because there'll be distrust in the country. They can't blame on a Russian guy because then there'll be the public wanting to go to war. They can't blame on Cuba because, again, they can't, you know, 
Cuban Missile Crisis and all that, they mm. they had to blame it on this citizen that had Russian ties that, you know, somewhat betrayed his country because he wanted citizenship elsewhere. He's He's got this Russian wife. Everything about him is big communism. He's everything anti-American. Let's pin it on this guy. Mm. Well, uh, there is there is one interesting theory, and and this is very uh, controversial. But there there are people out there who do believe also that uh, his vice president uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, yeah. LBJ, that he maybe maybe he had it arranged um you know that so you know it's 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 all very interesting you know uh, maybe lbj wanted power you know he wasn't very well liked within his party and he didn't like that jfk maybe uh put him out to pasture and by making him vice president you know that's normally seen as like a kind of a uh a, a lame duck position and you know um but uh yeah I don't know. This is this is a very interesting question. You this was from UTT Rob. It was yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I I do like the idea of conspiracy theories. It's just you know it's somewhat interesting to think about. I mean, obviously you know you've got you know like your David Ikes, you know like oh yeah. the the royal family of lizards. Like you know you can just like swap them. Up yeah. You know certain conspiracy theories are you know the fun they're fun to think about. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite ones? What What are y'all's favorite theories? Go on, you go first, sorry. Well, then the one that's the most talked about, and the one that has so many rabbit holes, obviously the Illuminati. I think mm. that one is the symbolism behind it all. It does make sense for there to be a secret society, but why would a secret society want their name out there? And why is yeah, it? They're not very secret, are they? No. Considering we're talking about them on a podcast. No, but, but <laughs> the the sub groups like the Skull and Bone Society, the Freemasons, all of that, and then mm. you know it trickling into the media. It just—it's such a bizarre one. Yet it's the biggest. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel like the Illuminati is almost like um, you know. The, it ties into everything, like, you know, oh, you know, people going about, yeah. oh, the moon landing. Well, um, oh, well, it was the Illuminati. And, like, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, like JFK, oh, it was the Illuminati who sorted it out. Like, it feels like they're just sort of the all, um, you know, oh, well, it just blame it on the Illuminati. Like, Speaking <laughs> of the moon landing, I do like the Stanley Kubrick theory. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the one where uh, he 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 filmed the uh, the the moon landing on, on a Hollywood set and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. he left. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they say they say that he uh, a, a lot of like the symbolism that you would find in the movie The Shining is a result of him trying trying to convey little hints and messages to the the viewer of the movie that that. That 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 theory is true. Um, I, I've at least heard that theory on on a few occasions, mm. uh, which is which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of somewhat what um, you know, sort of almost a conspiracy theory of, of its own. Really, is that um, most conspiracy theories probably like start off true, 
but then like they shoot off so that like um you know if you're on about moon landing it started off as um oh you know that don't look right you know they probably edited that footage a little bit has turned into mm. they never landed on the moon you can't do space travel um <laughs> and you know, you know sort of stuff like that you know sort of like the mental conspiracy theories are like planted to sort of detach from proper conspiracy theories like that theory. it goes, we're, we're on a, we're very meta in terms of theories there you know the conspiracy theories are a conspiracy theory yeah uh, that that people are passing around uh, a purposeful to, to make you not you know uh look further or or to distract others from finding the real theory yeah uh, huh that's an, i uh i always fancied myself as uh uh when i was when i was younger of course uh, I, I always liked the like the Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster yeah. kind of theories that there's 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 creatures out there that exist that that man is not aware of because then you're like yeah you could be yeah anything could be out in the forest you know you could just be walking through and there's this you know giant you know uh, ape like creature strolling past you that kind of kind yeah. of well you, <laughs> kind you of can't crazy. disprove it so right well they they keep sending out you know submarines and stuff. Like that to like Lake Loch Ness, don't they? Like they still do that pretty yeah. regularly to try and find out if there's a, a giant dinosaur living there. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's cool. Yeah. I, I think there's been um, like thousands of um, reported sightings at you know the official site or somewhere. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, well, that, that's a... a made-up conspiracy theory just to get the you know get a bit of money. That's a conspiracy theory for you. See, it all links back. There you see? go. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also Roswell. You know, I mean, uh, did did somebody actually get some uh, some alien materials, or, or 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 were there aliens at Roswell? Is the, the 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 government, you know, is the world government hiding aliens from the people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, realistically, when you think about it. Surely there's got to be aliens. You'd think. Oh. About how big right. everything is. We're not No, aliens. we're in a simulation. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Elon Musk well, has paid for us all to be in VR headsets. With that being said, though, I mean, could it be possible that uh, the, the, the person who created the simulation program that they just put in the aliens? Yeah. Mm. No, they're just good. <laughs> I mean, I've always wondered what that health bar of <laughs> me was, but, yeah. It all makes sense like, now, yeah. Do you think at the end of, like, this being, we get, like, stats? <laughs> what, what, like, like the end of a FIFA match? <laughs> yeah. well, like, well, like, you know, number of wanks on target. Like, you know, what, what stats would you get from life? Like... <laughs> he's pretty average. He got a six point five. He's fine. Like he's good. Like he's, he, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then heaven is just the leaderboard. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is that all it is? It's just a leaderboard. Like you don't you don't get to like exist or like have your own cloud or a harp. Nah, just... Nothing like that. It's just it's, it's just a board. It's just yeah. it's just a board. You just have to stand there and look at it for the rest of the time. <laughs> Hoping nobody places above you. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. oh, all right, I'm, look, 
Yeah. I made I made tops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like just imagine like what would you consider like a good score then? Like you would have to be like top top million, top million be a good score. Well, if you think mm-hmm. about all the people that have ever existed in the entire universe, yeah. you know, yeah. top million would be pretty fucking good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, considering you, there's probably you... been trillions of people who've existed. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you gotta you gotta figure like not all like maybe maybe some of them are in hell right like, <laughs> like well, you gotta figure out yeah. how many of the trillion people might be in hell yeah. <laughs> or then maybe like you know all right well maybe this guy's fairly average you know i, I i'm for sure gonna place above him yeah. on the leader board like you know there are certain people you think you know i don't know whether you've got a place or not yeah, well, yeah, I had to run to the door real quick because uh, apparently there's people doing some political canvassing in the neighborhood. They they want to want to make sure that uh, I could count on their votes. Maybe maybe somebody heard us talking about conspiracy theories and they they, they sent they they sent an operative to my door. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you you just got like a little red dot on your forehead. You know, you might want to just like smack it off or something like that. Just yeah. dodge a little bit, uh, see if it stays there. <laughs> Imagine well, we didn't. We didn't know if um, just I'm just going to run to the door. Was code word for having a wank. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I got to run to the door. I'm going to have to. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that, no, that was legit. There was somebody who was like, "Hey, can we count on your vote?" I'm like, uh, "Oh god, they're so annoying." Did you Did you hear like the last thirty minutes of what was going <laughs> on inside? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh. But yeah, they're they're the worst when you get people come out and oh, have, have you decided who you're going to vote for yet? Yes, I have. Um, like, who, also, who are you going to vote for? I'm not telling you. Piss off. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's a very personal question, don't you think? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't... At least check me out a bit first. Jesus, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway. We are almost 50 minutes in. Do you think we should talk a little bit about some football? Man, yeah, maybe. That'd be maybe. fun. We talked, we talked a pretty good amount of football. Yeah, we did talk a good amount of football at the start, to be fair, but not proper football. It's that fucking shite over in America. <laughs> like, you know, this, is, this is proper <laughs> football over here. Uh, All right. Well, let's, let's talk some proper football then. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we, we, we still have to catch up, me and Harry. We're a little bit behind. We... What are we on? Fucking, uh, I've really not prepared well. Is it Fulham and Leeds we go back to? I think it's Fulham and Leeds, isn't it? Jesus, is it? I think so. We haven't done one in ages, honestly. Okay, let's do Fulham and Leeds. I'll do Fulham and Leeds then, because I'd rather not discuss the internationals, to be completely honest with you. Um, ah, yeah, um, I mean, you know, there's... There weren't really that many talking points really coming out of this game. I mean, Bamford getting another goal and an assist, but he missed out on the England squad again. I mean, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know that both me and Harry, neither of us are particularly big fans of Patrick Bamford. Um, I think he's a twat, personally. Um, But, you know, considering the form that he's been in this season, he probably does deserve a chance in that England team, I'd say. 
Yeah, but the competition. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, at least a spot on the bench. Though, I mean, we know we know Gareth Southgate's record. He doesn't, you know he he doesn't go for these these uh, teams that that are kind of on the fringe, you know, which is sad, you know. He he just wants to you know get players from. From, uh, from Chelsea or, or Manchester United or you know uh, these 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 larger clubs, um, heck, he even dropped you know Trent Alexander Arnold recently. And it's like what what, what? <laughs> okay that's that's fine. Um, well, that's yeah, not really a, um, a purely Southgate thing, really. That's that's been that case since basically the start of time with England football, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you go back to you know the whole. Oh, we've got to get Gerard Lampard and Scholes all in the same team. So what do we do? You know, like, oh, oh, let's put Scholes on the wing. That's a good idea. Um, but you know, yeah, it's... terrible, terrible. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, it's awful. Um, but you know, it's not really. It can't really be that much of a surprise that ex Aston Villa player Gareth Southgate picks Aston Villa player Ollie Watkins over. Patrick Bamford, you know, I'm I'm just, just putting that out there, yeah. out there. Well, and it took well. What's even more surprising is it took him forever to. I mean, I know we're talking about another Aston Villa player, but but Jack Grealish, like it took him forever to decide to, to want to play Jack Grealish. So poor Patrick Bamford. I mean, mm. goodness. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think in that sort of um, number ten position, there is lots of competition for spaces in that um, sort of area of the pitch you know you're looking at um you know obviously you've got james madison in there you've got mason mount you've got abby barnes complaining as number 10 you know so grealish as well you've got a resurgence obviously of messi lingard recently um you know like it's <laughs> you know there's, there's a lot of competition in that sort of you know eight slash ten spot um mm. which is you know probably a reason why it took grealish forever to break into that team um but you know, it's not. It's not really a new phenomena. Oh, phenomena! That's a fun word to say. It's not really a, f- a new word. phenomena. Do 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 do. Um, it's not really a new phenomena with um, Southgate. It's been like that for ages, really. Yeah, that's a good word. Phenomena. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a word. I don't know. Oh, you, do you, Do you think Fulham is gonna is gonna make the great escape? Um, I, I mean, it, it all depends, really. I think on um, Newcastle's injuries, because I mean, you're looking at the moment. You know, you've got um, St. Maximin and Wilson are the two, you know, big names who are currently out. You know, Wilson especially has been, you know, essentially the only reason why Newcastle aren't already gone at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're looking at, you know, Isaac Hayd, and I'm a big fan of Isaac Hayd, and I think you know this that sort of destroyer type midfielder. I think every team mm-hmm. needs. I think Isaac Hayden's really good for Newcastle in that role. Um, I think it all depends really on how soon it takes them to get back. Because I mean, you look at um, Newcastle's fixtures. Um, at least it's, compared to Fulham's, they are you know they are disgusting. Honestly, um, it's, a, just, it's a murderer's row. It, oh, you, wow. you've got you've, you've got Tottenham, you've got Burnley, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Manchester City. Sheffield United, who Newcastle United only drew against the last time out, yeah. and then Fulham is on the last day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, 
could definitely end up going down to that last day. I mean, you know, you, you're looking at those fixtures and, you know, you're thinking winnable games. I mean, you know, um, they'll be looking at the Burnley game as winnable. I mean, any scrub can win at Anfield at this point. Um, you know, you're looking at... Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get big there. Big sigh there. You all right? <laughs> no, I mean, look, if four years almost undefeated at home, you know, that was... That's, that's a good run. I think that... I th- and then Ashley Barnes. I mean, we can talk about... <laughs> yeah. We, we can talk about, you know, Liverpool if you wanted to. But uh, I, I think that uh, uh, with their form currently, I think if, they've, if they're putting Phillips and Kabak together and they, then they have Fabinho in the midfield, I think that they're going to definitely cause some damage. So I wouldn't look over Liverpool too, too badly, especially if... if yeah, with them hosting Newcastle, I think that's going to be a really tough game. And Steve Bruce, I don't know, man. I don't know if Steve Bruce has what it takes to 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 pull this off. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a fan of Steve Bruce. I mean, you know, you look at uh, mm. you look at last season; he did more than fine with them, and it felt like you know Newcastle fans were sort of criticised him because he wasn't Rafa Benitez. Um, but I mean, you yeah. look at it this season; I mean, it's completely different. I mean. And that and that's sort of a reason why I think more people are sort of tipping Newcastle to go down rather than um, Fulham. It's just yeah. because you, you look at sort of the general atmosphere of the club. You know, um, you're looking at Fulham, who yes, they're in the bottom three, um, but they're more like um, you know, there's more optimism around the club. There's more of a sense of hope. You know, they feel like um, you know, I'm sure Fulham fans are probably more confident than Newcastle fans are going to get out of it. I mean. You know, the, the win at Anfield, that's, you know, definitely going to be a boost for them. Whereas you look at Newcastle, you hear all these reports come out. You don't know how true they are, but you, you listen to all these reports yeah. about how, you know, Bruce has lost the dressing room and, you know, there's a player's revolt and all that yeah. lot. So, you know, the, it definitely feels like there's a dark cloud hanging over Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, we were talking about conspiracy theories earlier, right? Um, there oh, is, 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 is this uh, the Ashley conspiracy theory? The, the, yeah, the, this, I don't know if you've listened to, to, to True Geordie or watch his stream yeah, or I whatever, him being obviously a big Newcastle fan, that, uh, that Newcastle going down would possibly uh, make a, uh, a buyout uh, more, uh, more likely. Uh, it would be easier to, to to bypass all the regulations that the Premier League would have if Newcastle went down, and then a, you know, uh, if Saudi Arabia came back to buy Newcastle when they're in the Championship, then uh, so be it, right? Um, <laughs> there is that theory that exists. Yeah. I feel like that theory sort of on the same level as um, Australia not existing and the flat Earth conspiracy theories. I feel like we can put them. Sort of in the same category. You know, I, I don't know, because do you realise how easy it is to pass the fit and proper test, considering... Oh, God, yeah. So, exactly. It would make sense for Newcastle to get down, be bought out, this consortium heavily invests, they come back up stronger than ever, and then... Well, apparently UA for financial fair play is getting rid of. So what's stopping them splashing the cash? Do you remember at the start of the season they were linked with Mbappe? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, as if, you know, financial play, fair play just doesn't exist. Um, 
there's there's also go ahead i'm sorry well with the financial fair play going that could be a potential thing where it's going to be a mad bidding war over these players Mm. yeah i mean this this all makes me want to go you know start a a new fifa campaign with with a with a 500 million (laughs) dollar financial takeover um uh there there is a concept um it's it's not seen so much anymore but there's a concept in american sports called tanking i don't know if you guys have heard of, of, of oh tanking yeah because it's like with the draft isn't it right so basically what would happen is is that it, the players don't intentionally play bad you, i mean no player will intentionally play badly um if if they've got any gravitas to them uh but uh the team is set up to to be as bad as they possibly can be in order to gain more uh, prominence in a, in a draft or strategically in a situation where they would have the better the better picks, right? And get a star player coming out of college or whatever it might be. I mean, there there could be ulterior motives somewhere. I mean, uh, Mike Ashley's kind of that guy too, right? Like, I'm, allegedly, like you, you you hear things about Mike Ashley, you know, that uh, about how he runs his businesses. Oh yeah, you're right. What? <laughs> you know, like you, you you see videos of him, you know, going when he's on like spot these like factory tours, and he's like, oh, let me just, you know, I need to empty my pockets. Let me get out these massive stack of fifty pound notes that I just happen to have in my pocket. Like what a twat, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that the idea of tanking—it's just so foreign. To because I mean, you know, obviously, like you know, I'm assuming that's in you know places where you don't have promotion and relegation. So it's just foreign to me, you know, looking at it from an English perspective, thinking, you know, oh, I really hope we lose this game so that we can get a better draft pick. Like you know, that oh, I don't like that. Makes no, I mean it's. I mean, it's 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 a really weird kind of reality, uh, but I mean, if if we're really being honest, I mean, wasn't a lot of Manchester City's infrastructures put in place when they were in the championship when they got bought out? I don't know. Manchester City developed a lot after uh, after they got purchased, so I don't know. Uh. <laughs> My, I think yeah. Mike Ashley just wants out. He just wants out of Newcastle. He just oh, wants yeah. to, to be he done with that business anymore. I mean, I think he used to love being this like sort of shit house figure, where like you know the pantomime villain, everyone hates him. Um, but I think he's just fed up with it now. Really, to be completely honest with you, that's why he's buying House of Frasier and stuff. Uh, we have yet to mm. see in a, in a Newcastle shirt. I think you know for eighty million pounds, you know this is quite a big signing to never get on pitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it does seem sick of it. Let's be honest. I don't mm. understand why he buys these bankrupt businesses, but won't invest in a, such a lucrative club like Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, because surely you'd get more money investing in Newcastle and investing in Debenhams, right? Do you know he owns Game? Yeah. That's like because I mean, okay. other commodities might be. Uh, less of an in, uh, of, a, of an investment, you know. Hey, there's all this. If you buy a football club, there's all this pressure. You got to buy this player. You got to you got to pick up this one. You got to you got to redo the training facilities, whatever. It's a lot of money to be put into one place. Whereas, like you know, hey, 
chocolate's cheap to make. <laughs> like, like, like you can you can you can make uh you, you can make socks for pretty cheap. You know, maybe maybe he just doesn't like the uh the idea of putting a lot of uh his money. That's where maybe that's where he gets all his fifty pound notes is that he doesn't have to buy yeah. players. Uh, well, he, the thing is, he buys all these like shit all companies that are like basically on death's door. Mm. Like, so mm-hmm. still, you'd have to invest into them as well. I just yeah, you assume that. Maybe. Debt, assume. Yeah. maybe a little bit. Yeah, assume their debt, and then maybe try and like maximize profits by making those products a little bit more expensive. Yeah, yeah. make a little bit more off of it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Make them buy the mugs. Just get get massive mugs and. Making bad. You, you you won't get that at all. Do you know you heard about the Sports Direct mugs? Yes, I've seen them. Yeah. Oh no, no, the you, mugs. Obviously. What have you heard yeah. about, Tanner? Uh, like 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 actual like mugs, like coffee mugs. Oh yeah, like coffee mugs. Well, I mean, they're massive. They're like probably mm. like if I draw like the what's it like the hole at the top of it. That's not the correct term. But it's like it's like sort of like that big. They're massive. <laughs> Um, like with every like sports direct order that you put online, you know you had to buy one of the mugs with it. Like you, that 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 was just like you couldn't say no. So uh, you know it's uh, it, almost every British household has a massive sports direct mug in there somewhere. Just for pens or tools or whatever. Or for drinking. Yeah. You know, that that's the more common use of a mug. Let's be honest. <laughs> for drinking. But no, like. <laughs> You would you wouldn't drink out of it though because no. it's too big to drink mm. out. Of it. No, like, you, you you couldn't fill a kettle. If you filled kettle, you couldn't fill it. Like, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> it's massive. It's like it's, like, it's deep as well. It's like it's like yeah, yeah. it's huge. Honestly, how much does one of those those cost? I know we're getting away from football again, but I'm, oh, you piqued I'm, my interest about this giant I'm, mug. Okay. I cannot remember. It's been ages since I've bought anything off Sports Direct. Uh, I'll have a look for you. One fifty on that something. Ah, yeah, one fifty. So they're not—they're not like you know. It's not like you have, you had to buy a twenty quid mug, like. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, although, if Ashley could get away with that, he probably would. Let's be honest. Hmm. It's twenty ounces. That's not too bad. Really? Is it twenty ounces? It feels like it's bigger than that. Yeah, it does. Mm. Mind you, you're you're going off like American sizes, where small cups are like the sizes of people's heads. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a medium. <laughs> yeah, I went to I got some uh, some food for my wife. She she works nights um, typically, but yeah. she uh, she wanted some food, and so I went and got her uh, got her some fat food from a place called Sonic that's over here. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I ordered a yeah I ordered a medium drink, and uh, yeah, it's probably about the size of my head, if not maybe a little bit bigger. I was like, geez. This is not good. <laughs> gulp over there, which is like 72 ounces. Yeah. And it's yeah. like Mountain Dew or something. That's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's absolutely a real thing. A lot of gas stations now sell their, their own, like, um, you could just buy a refillable um, <laughs> like, like jug, basically, and you could just pop in, pay a dollar, 
and then like refill it all the way up. Jeez. Oh, that is so yeah. American. <laughs> it is. It's very. Oh. Uh, uh, speaking of Newcastle, though, I know we were talking about Newcastle. Newcastle got beat by Brighton 3 0. That's a good win for Brighton. Oh, ah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's like we were saying about this, you know, sort of negative atmosphere around Newcastle. I think this sort of amplified it, really. Um, and I think this has pretty much seen Brighton safe. I mean, this season, you know, um, I mean, like um, your mate Stephen, like he's been attracted to Brighton because of um, the brand of Potter Ball, um, yeah. which, you know, it... It's not been effective, I'll say, um, but you know, it's it, it's it's gotten certain decent results to it. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's, I think that's pretty. That's pretty it's much very seen, attractive. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it, like it it catches the eye, but like it seems like as well as they play, like they never get the results that are as good as the way that they play on the pitch. Mm-hmm. If does that make sense? Right. It's like um, um, it's only, um, a Twitter account called XG Philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, for those who don't know, XG is expected goals. So with the chances that um, a team creates, that's XG is sort of the amount of goals that they should be scoring based on the chances they create. And you always see Brighton create like twelve point nine XG, and they've scored one. Like, yeah, and that, that's basically yeah. every game for Brighton. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, but hey, they pulled three back here against Newcastle. I mean, that's got to uh, mean yeah, something. I mean, the forwards this season have been pretty. Um, what's the word? Shite this season. Um, and but you know, credit to them. You know, all Trossard, Mopé, and Welbeck. Um, you know, pulled out the bag this season against. Um, it, it just feels like a beaten Newcastle side. They don't. There's no like energy about them. You know, like, you, you look at some of the teams around, you know, like, even, like, Sheffield United, or at least Sheffield United, before Chris Wilder left, felt like they had more energy, felt like the players were fighting more to stay up than this Newcastle team currently, which is mental to think about, considering they're two points above the relegation zone with a game in hand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something tells me Newcastle's just... I think they. I think with the remaining games, and with this Brighton game going the way that it did, I, I have no doubt that Newcastle is gonna is gonna go down. It's, mm. it's sad. It, it really is sad. So many times they've been relegated in such a short amount of time too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, considering you know the, I, I don't like banging on about you know the size of the club because you know you look at um, you know Forest and Derby. You know they're big clubs, but they've you know been shit for ages. Um, it's but true. You know, to, to say that they are such a huge club, Newcastle. I mean, it is a shame to see them down there. And I mean, I can't imagine the um, the backlash and vitriol that Steve Bruce would get. You know, that were fans in stadiums. I remember um, when he was Villa boss, I think, or was he Wednesday boss? He was one of the two. Uh, he got a cabbage thrown at his head. So, you know, that... <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine Newcastle fans would be um, embracing Steve Bruce. They'll just throw a sports direct mug at him. Ah, yeah, throw a sports direct mug at him, yeah. I mean, that, that bastard would knock you out, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> Julius Caesar, who died by a turtle shell falling. No, that was um, I think it was Socrates, something like that. Who there was an eagle carrying a tortoise, and it dropped him on his head because he was bald, and the eagle thought it was a rock. He <laughs> was trying to like, break it open and get inside of it. It's brilliant. I love that story. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I learned about it off... Um, oh, I, I don't think you'll have it in America. We've got um, The Chase. Um, it's a great it's a great show over here. Made by Bradley Walsh. It was brilliant. Um, and it's just, This bloke just, bang, just bangs on about this um, like eagle and how it dropped a tortoise on Socrates' head. It was great. Oh, I learned about it on uh, Horrible Histories. All right, yeah. Horrible Histories is great as well. Have you yeah. seen Ghosts, what they've done recently? No. Oh, Ghosts is good. You should watch Ghosts. It's what? basically like Horrible Histories, but, like, not. Okay. I'm but would it be still like, it's still like we... that type of is... humour. Is it on, is it on uh, like, Netflix, or is it just, like, it's just it... in, the, in the UK? It's on British Netflix. So, for once, British. if you want to watch Horrible Histories, you, you know... Um, Americans will have to, the... use a, they have to use a VPN to watch British Netflix. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, have that. Look up the VPN. Yours, you dickheads. Um, I'm pretty sure they yeah. have the chase in America. The? Yeah. I'll have a... Oh yeah, they will do, but it won't be like Bradley Walsh. No, no but I think um, Bradley Walsh makes it. I think one of the the chases over there. I think it might be the Beast is over there. Yeah. So I, I just did a Google search for the chase and uh, ABC's the chase writers are going on strike. So uh, writers, it's a game show. How can you? <laughs> like, what? Uh, it does look like it's on Netflix though, so I might be able to catch it on Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah, the beast uh-huh. is over there. He's an absolute unit. Is the beast? I swear he's like six foot eight and like four hundred pounds. <laughs> he's not that much, but he is. Heavy set. Yeah. He's, he's he's a massive bastard. He's an absolute unit. Yeah, this guy looks he looks he looks massive. Oh yeah, he's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> yeah. And I swear, didn't he shag his cousin or something? Or is that married to his cousin? I'm not making allegedly. this up. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. I'll have a look. Yeah. He, he's married. His wife is his second cousin. Ah right, yeah. Who's half his age, so that's good. 27 years younger, yeah. Mm. yeah like that's, that, that's not dodgy at all, that. Mm. Um, uh. So he's 55, so that would make her 28. Mm. Right, that's... So it's just a little bit odd. I can't lie to you. It's a little, just a little bit odd. Um... Uh, yeah, well, the chase is great, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you get you get tipping point, which is, you shit. know, objectively a shit show, but you watch the last ten minutes of it because it's just before the chase. It's great. <laughs> oh, the tipping point's wank. It's so bad. But yeah, I'm assuming tipping point hasn't cracked America yet. I don't think so. I've not heard of it before. Yeah. It's basically like. Um, do you have in like Penny Falls in arcades, where like you know you can 
like put like a coin in and then it falls down and then you've got this like trade yeah, yeah. coins it's like that it's kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it's like they've turned that into a game show it's just that oh okay. it's, it's very shite very very shite <sighs> but it's on before the chase so some people watch it we we've incorporated stuff like that into some game shows here, but uh, I don't think we have one one game show that's like completely devoted to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the worst. That's just. I don't know how that's just reminded me. You guys do Deal or No Deal so bad, honestly. Yeah. American Deal or No Deal is the worst. Like. Yeah. It just completely takes the spirit of the show out of it. Honestly, there's no tension. Yeah. It's it's why that's why it doesn't do so well anymore. Yeah. Like it was big, it was a big deal when when it like first came out. I was like, oh, this is this is neat. Briefcases, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, have, uh, you, have you ever uh, seen um, British Deal or No Deal? No, I've not. No, honestly, it's the most like your ass is clenched for the entire length of the show, like <laughs> literally, because instead of having all these like models or whatever holding briefcases. It's all the other contestants and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like all like proper mm-hmm. slow, and they're all staying in the same hotel or something, because like the they'll roll over onto the next show. Like if you don't get picked to be on that show, oh yeah, so it's like a rotating cast. They they'll all know each other, and then when you're picking box, it's like oh I, I I really hope this is a blue for you. You know I I really hope it's a low number, and then you open it and it's half a million, and they're like away oh, dickhead like. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I love Deal or No Deal. It's class. I should bring it back. But not like the American one, because the American one's shite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not very good. The, the There's some really good American game shows, and then there's others that are just like, eh. I don't know. Well, what, what, what's some <laughs> of the best American game shows, then? Um... Family Feud is always a good one. Not just not because it's like a good game show, but because it's always good like for like the comedic effect. So yeah. Family Feuds, pretty fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for a long, long time was was re- like a really big hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Game show cult- game show culture here kind of died out around like the nineties. Yeah. Which is which is kind of weird. Um, that it just never caught up. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but like if you go on to like YouTube, you can find some like old American game show, like uh, outtakes and bloopers and stuff. And there's some there's some pretty wild stuff that happens on some of these game shows back in the day. Have you heard about the um, coffin scandal on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on like the British version? Oh no no no! Oh, it's it's so interesting, right? Because uh, like when you when you listen back to it, it's so obvious. So basically, um. This um, woman goes on to the show and she wins like 64 grand or something like that. It's, I can't remember exactly how much. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it won a million. And then yeah. her husband goes on to it a while later or something. Um, and he ends up w- winning a million pounds. I think he was the first ever person to win a million. Yeah. Um, but if you listen back to the tapes, like, because he was acting weird throughout the show. Like, it, it'd say, um, oh, you know, I think the famous one was, um, oh, um, uh, the question was like, "Oh, who's the highest-selling artist of 2000, whatever year it was?" Um, and the correct answer was Craig David, and he said, um, "Oh, well, I've never heard of Craig David, so I don't think it's him." 
And then later on, he changed his mind and said, oh, I think it's Craig David, final answer. And it were correct. And if you went back and, <laughs> if you went back and listened to it, every time he... Because he'd say all the answers out loud. He'd say, oh, I don't think it's whatever. And every time it was the correct answer, you could hear <clears throat> a cough right on the correct answer. <laughs> oh, man. Right. So there, it was a huge scandal. I think they yeah. ended up um, getting like six years in prison or something each. Like the Ooh. husband and the wife, because she was the one who were coughing. So, yeah, it was a major scandal. Wow. Hey, I don't know. It doesn't uh, doesn't seem worth it to me yeah. <laughs> to, to, to do that. I remember there was a good TV show covering it with Michael Sheen as Chris Tarrant. Love, love a bit of Michael oh, Sheen. Yeah. He did a good cluffy, did Michael Sheen. Uh-huh. Uh, Let's see. Have you ever heard of Takeshi's Castle? Oh, oh Takeshi's Castle. I've, I've not. No. Oh. It's like this Japanese uh, game show. And essentially it's like Total Wipeout, but even crazier. It's in, it's funny as well. <laughs> have you got Wipeout or Total Wipeout over there? We have. We do have Wipeout. Um I'm a much bigger fan of the uh, the the original, uh, which was uh, the most extreme elimination challenge. Have you heard of that one? No, I think I'm so bas- film, but I don't think I've ever watched it. So basically, they took an like a like a Japanese game show, like like actual footage from a Japanese game show, and they just overdubbed it and made it like really like um, like comedic. Um, like with the commentary and like, you know what you do, but it's basically like a, a lot of the same kind of stuff where you're doing like physical challenges, um, or like you have to like slide through the mud and then like jump yeah. over like a bunch of like you know obstacles and then you know uh, inevitably somebody gets hit you know and, and like flipped over on their ass yeah. or whatever it is, um, but yeah that, that's a that's a good one. You, you should look that up. Most extreme elimination challenge mm-hmm. whenever you get the time. It's good stuff. Well, that's basically what Takeshi's Castle was as well. It was all Japanese, but it was dubbed over in like English yeah. commentary. Because I remember there was one ah. which was called um, Skipping Stones or something, which was like you had to like like go over this lake and step on rocks. And some of them were solid and some of them weren't. And I remember um, Craig Charles was narrator, and he said something like, um, "Oh, this game is responsible for like eighteen fractured jaws, twelve broken shins." <laughs> And 19 broken arms or something. And I remember my mum overheard that and she just said, that's awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. It's like they're in these like carts and they have to shoot lasers at each other. No one ever won. No. No. It was impossible to win. (laughs) Honestly. Like they they were just too overpowered with them guys in carts. I'm just looking and it looks like the most extreme challenge is their. Takeshi's Castle. All right. Yeah. You have General Lee. General Lee. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. Uh. Uh. Oh yeah, you can't you can't search up General Lee on Google because you don't come up with the Takeshi's Castle one. Um. It comes up with a car. Yeah. Ah, uh. right, Takeshi's Castle, General Lee. What a lad. The lady's favourite, as he was called. Oh, what a lad. He's probably dead by now, to be honest with you. (laughs) 
Wait, wait, wait. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I, look, I, I, I love a good, you know, show like that. Yeah, it's, it's just an easy watch, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you can't be asked watching Peaky Blinders. Like you just want to watch something simple, right? Yeah. Something a little bit mindless. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. When I'm not watching sports, that's usually what I go for. Is just something that I don't really have to like pay attention to. I can just put it on the background or yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, well, sports are probably the best TV show. To be fair. What? Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Did you want to talk about any any more football? Like any of the other results? Is uh, there anything else that you have to like go through? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I mean, you um, watched West Ham and Arsenal live. I mean, that was absolutely banging, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, that was a great game. Uh, apart from um, Paul Connor. Um, you know, it was just, it was everything you could have wanted from that stream. Yeah, that was that was an amazing, amazing stream. Again, uh, you know, poor poor Connor that with his internet connection. But uh, yeah, West Ham Arsenal three three. What a what a great game. <laughs> um, you know, Arsenal doing me a little bit of a favor there, so I've got got to take my hat off to them. Yeah. Uh, and then the two own goals by West Ham, man. Oh yeah, like that I mean, was. I mean, West Ham scored five and they didn't win. Like that's just mad to think about. Like, you know, even yeah, after I'm... that absolutely banging goal from Lingardino, like it was, you know, they just, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it just sort of sums it up, really. But um, mm. when you let Arsenal play football, they're really good. But anytime anyone presses them, they just fall to shit. And that's why they dominated Spurs was because of that high press that it just yeah. wasn't there. Like, you know, we saw it against, um, when they played Burnley, that absolute, you know, it was one of the most bizarre goals I've ever seen um, was that um, Xhaka misstep into Chris Wood. Mm. We saw it against Olympiacos as well, that high press, it fucked them up. Um, and, you know, Spurs let Arsenal play football and they absolutely spanked them. So I think mm. this is sort of, you know, shows the difference between when you let Arsenal play football and when you press them, it shows the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, that and uh, I think West Ham learned a good lesson in that they need to start playing uh, uh, Dawson up front. They need to play oh. Craig Dawson uh, as, as a striker. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> that was a, that was an amazing goal. Uh, it was in the back of his own net, but they they need to they need to start playing him up front. Oh, ah, yeah. I mean, if it were in, if it were in Arsenal net, you'd be saying that were a hell of a finish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is an amazing goal. Uh, scored against his own team, but hey, nonetheless, that's that's some talent. I hope they recognize that. You know, maybe uh, maybe I'll switch some things around. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great game for neutral at the very least. I'm sure if you're a West Ham fan, you'd disagree. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know. Speaking of great games for the neutral, after this was Aston Villa and Spurs, which was a great watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was it was a much more physical game than I actually expected uh, it, it it to be. Um, obviously, not the goal flurry that you saw in the Arsenal West Ham game, but 
hey, Spurs, you know, they uh, they, they they did their damage and they, they came out and beat Aston Villa. So, yeah, uh, good on them, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I mean, it really feels like they've um, sort of slowed down from that early momentum Spurs. Um, you know, it almost mm. feels like the, you know, um, the trademark Mourinho third season collapse has sort of almost come early for Spurs. I, I mean, it, it never really seemed like a, a proper fit, really, Mourinho at Spurs. Um, and I think especially with, you know, considering the fact that, you know, they have this massive 90,000-seater stadium, you know, you think the amount of income that they've constantly been getting from that, the amount they have to pay for that, um, you know, I think the coronavirus has really affected them. Uh, maybe more so off the pitch than on the pitch, but still, you know, it's it, it it feels like it's all gone wrong for Spurs, even though they are sixth. I feel like they can still, I, I, I they they could probably still make something happen with Mourinho if 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 he does stay. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the just Spurs mentality at like inherently inside the club, right? Like they just feel like they've never been able to get over that that hurdle of uh, you know to to win uh to win the league or you know to to advance. I mean, when they went to the Champions League final, that must have been I mean that that, that was huge for Spurs, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I mean ever since then it just seems like it's been um it's been a, a, a rebuild, but 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 not even like I don't know. Spurs is a very interesting, um, in a very interesting and very odd place. I really don't know where they're going. If they're good or are they bad, I I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I don't know. like which Spurs is going to show up today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen um, the All or Nothing documentary that Amazon did with Spurs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at times it does feel like it's, you know, um, only showing you what the club wants to show you. Um, but it mm. did feel like there was a sort of strange disconnect between um, what, at times, what Mourinho was wanting the squad to do, you know, what sort of message he wanted to get across and what they were actually capable of doing. I mean, one of the constant themes of it was you ne- that the squad needed to be more of a bastard-like than they were yeah. at the moment. Um and I mean, you know, we have seen, you know, sort of Harry Kane becoming a lot more, you know, um, bit of a dirtier player than he has done in the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, you're seeing him with players yeah. like Eric Dyer, um, like Hoiberg, who are, you know, more destroyer types. Um, but it still feels like there's this sort of disconnect between, you know, on one hand, the Spurs team under Pochettino, what played nice football what um you know silky smooth passing type and the one under Mourinho which you know plays shithouse football <laughs> a little bit yeah I mean that but that's kind of like I don't know uh that's kind of Mourinho's whole MO though is he, he it's it's defensively very stout but also um it, the the I guess the beauty of it does come when he has those rapid counterattacks when you just like you know w- when all the pieces are coming together really really quickly and then Sun or Kane are actually like really connecting and on point then that's really really beautiful football to watch but yeah I mean uh, I've seen Harry Kane become a little bit as you put dirtier I mean there's there's a it seems like a tougher squad 
but not one that's actually any better, maybe even slightly worse than the one under Pochettino. Mm. Yeah. I feel like we've been ignoring you a little bit, Aaron. You haven't really got a word in edgeways. Um, um, what, what, go on, give us your thoughts on this sort of Spurs sort of dilemma. I just feel like under Mourinho, they don't have a defence capable enough to absorb the pressure of the part of the bus strategy. They yeah. certainly have the attack and midfield to go forward on a counter-attack. So I don't think there's an issue with the tactics of Mourinho, but more so the personnel adopted to do it at the back. Mm. Yeah, it really don't feel like it's sort of fit. I mean, you're looking at, you know, the players that he signed in summer, you know, defensively, you've got Matt Doherty, who doesn't look like he fits in a back four, mm. and you got Joe Roden, who looks like he could be a talent, you know, he played well in the championship last season for Swansea, um, but, you know, he's... Oh, uh, he just doesn't seem Premier League ready. Do you know what I mean? Like um, sort of when, uh, like when Dan James was snapped up by Man United, um, he was still a very raw sort of talent. Um, and I feel like that's sort of the same sort of situation that we've seen with Roden. Yeah, was it his debut where he left a cross, and then it went in the back of the net? He sort of left it thinking it was going to go out. I think so. I think I vaguely recall that. Yeah. He seems very inexperienced, and I saw that more recently in the Wales game. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he, there's certainly something there, but not quite yet. Maybe a loan spell is something he needs. Yeah, he's still very raw, yeah. I think, to Red Solar. Well, and to, and to add to your further point there, too, I, I do recall Spurs were, I think they were trying to sign, uh, I'm probably going to end up butchering his name, but Milan Skriniar, maybe from uh, uh, from from Inter uh, uh, and during the summertime. Um, it, it'd be interesting to think what could have happened had they done that deal, you know, if maybe that was the defensive linchpin that, uh, that, that Spurs needed here. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, if you look at the um, sort of current centre-half options that Spurs have at the moment, Skriniar is definitely um, sort of a, a cut above the rest of them. You know, you're looking at um, mm-hmm. Alderweire, Elvin Dyer, and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it is definitely a level above is Skriniar. He's, you know, I'd be surprised if he went to Spurs, to be completely honest with you. I think he is definitely good enough to be played. You know, what little I've seen of him, I can't claim to watch Inter Milan every week. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, from what little I've seen of him, he definitely does look good enough to be playing regular Champions League football, um, which mm-hmm. is something that he probably won't be getting at Spurs, at least for the foreseeable future. True. But, you know, money talks. I mean, if he went to Spurs, he might get he might get paid. So, I yeah. don't know. Uh, yeah, but, you know, you got to consider who the team's in Champions League at the moment. Man City, Man United. They'll be willing to pay probably more than Spurs. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and who and uh, with that being said, who knows? You know, if 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 Liverpool do make top four somehow, some way, this it is possible. You know, they they are certainly in need of picking up center back options. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, I would say you easily put Liverpool in that conversation. You know, for for uh, Skriniar or or for many other center backs across Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like the. This um, this loan here for Kabak is is like a um, 
it's like an audition almost. Hey, you know, can, are, are you going to, you know, are you part of the team? Do we, do we want to keep you around, you know? Um, and he's performing very ad, uh, admirably right now, but that, that it has to be something in the back of uh, Klopp's mind and maybe a few others of, you know, how they go forward from yeah. here. Yeah, it definitely did seem sort of, sort of um, stopgap sort of solution with Quebec and um, as well as Quebec, you know, bringing in Ben Davies definitely felt like a sort of panic buy. Um, you know, I mean... Yeah. I, I mean people I really are wondering like ben if Ben Davies is even a real person right now. Yeah, people are wondering if he actually exists because he hasn't been seen outside of the training ground. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I really like Ben Davies. I think he's a really good centre-half. You know, from what yeah. I saw of him at Preston, I, I really rated Ben Davies. You know, I think, and I think for three and a half million, I think that's an absolute bargain for him. But well, mm. a he's not Liverpool. Well, he's not the quality of where Liverpool wants to be at. Um, yeah, and also, you know, it's it's just you know, like it really did feel like a panic buy. You know, I mm. think that was sort of when there were still question marks over Nat Phillips. Um, it was before the loan move for Kabak was confirmed. And it, and it was almost like a sort of, oh, shit, we're going to have no centre-backs. So they sort of mm-hmm. plunged for Ben Davies. Yeah. Uh, it, well, and, and again, all these kind of, all this kind of goes back to Spurs are going to have a lot of competition for next season. If they mm-hmm. don't make Champions League, they're going to have a lot of competition to try and find any players like that that could that could fit in and be an upgrade to what they have now, which is really what they need. They need a lot of, they, they need some, some upgrades at center back and it's, it would be very hard to find those kind of players. Uh, if they don't make top four, which I mean, back in December, we thought they might win the league. You know, yeah. it, it was kind of crazy. I know, yeah. I mean, you've got to consider, you know, teams like, you know, they're probably able to, you know, they're probably more attractive to a player than, you know, say West Ham or Leicester. But if West Ham and Leicester carry on, you know, performing as well as they have done this season, you know, you don't know how much of that is because of the pandemic or whatever. But if they carry on like this over the next couple of seasons, Spurs could really find themselves being left behind. You know, and with a 90,000 stadium, that's something that you can't afford to happen to you. Absolutely. They they really need to... uh... (laughs) Uh, in a very ironic way, they need to look at what happened to Arsenal in, in a lot of ways, and their buying of the stadium, and you know how they—I um, mean, they were very Arsenal were very frugal, uh, very conservative with how they spent. Um, but you know, obviously, they, there there are some things that Spurs need to pay attention to to not fall away like Arsenal are right now. Yeah, I think there's a time to. Be frugal and a time to you know see you know oh well we're only going to sign one or two players we're going to pick up these bargains you know we're going to get these unproven mm. players there's a time for that and there's a time for right we need we need to invest in the squad let's go out exactly. and buy three or four quality players that are going to step into starting eleven and I feel like especially in yep. terms of the defence you know even you know goalkeeping position they're on about Hugo Lloris potentially being on his way out I feel like there could be a sort of it, this summer is really going to be crucial for Spurs about the direction mm. that they're going to be headed for the next few years, whether they're going to be you know, competing in the Champions League, whether they're going to be you know, potentially pushing for a league, who knows. 
um, or whether they are going to be like Arsenal, they're going to fall away from the Champions League, they're going to, and they're going to be stuck in that almost, you know, that horrible loop of, right, qualified for Europa League, we can't win it, we qualify for it, but how mm-hmm. do we push on to that next level? I feel like that's one of the hardest, one of the hardest steps in English football is that step up from sort of pushing for Europe to pushing to consistent Champions League. That's probably mm-hmm. one of the hardest steps to make in English football. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's essentially it in terms of club football. I mean, is there any international games? Have, have America played recently? I've not been keeping up with international football, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think there was a game. Um, Serginho Dest, I think, scored a brace. Um, oh. So... Good for him. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, I imagine the. I'm not, I'm not, not a big uh, Barcelona fan. Uh, yeah, they they are playing Northern Ireland. I think there was a question that was sent to me oh, about the show about yeah, uh, whether about, or not. Uh, do you think Northern Ireland will be a good test? Um, I mean, I know Northern Ireland didn't. I think they lost two nil to Italy. Um, so mm. you know they put they put up a good show. You know, Italy's a you know they have a good squad. Um, and you I mean you look at some of the players that Northern Ireland have? I mean, you know, they're not they're not bums. I mean, you know, um, right. especially I think that defense. I mean, the front line is probably a little bit lackluster. But I mean, you look at that defense; it's still a you know Premier League quality defense. You know, especially considering Peacock Farrell turns into like prime Yashin when he's playing for his country. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is sort of a crucial time for for the US men's national team um, because, you know, you've got all these um, young players, you know, you're thinking like Dest, um, Weston McKenney, you know, people like that mm-hmm. start to break through. Um, and and that, oh, um, oh, what's his face? Reyna, Giovanni Reyna. Giovanni Reyna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, um, so you've got a lot of um, young talent coming through. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like these next few like sort of tournaments are going to be crucial because if don't get me correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't isn't North America hosting? Is it 2026 World yeah, Cup? Maybe Canada USA Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that that was a proposal. Uh huh. Yeah, so yeah. you know you'd think that you know you're looking at five years into the future. Then you, well, at least from an American point of view, you'd hope that players like Rayner Dest. Um, McKenney, uh, Musila, well, I don't know how you say his name, but you've, you'd hope that those sort of players would have matured enough um, and you know developed enough to be able to put in a good performance on home turf because that's you know the aim, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, well, they'll all be in the prime, uh, their prime playing, right? As, as long as everything touch wood goes well, you know, then they're. Uh, They'll all be in the prime of their playing careers, so that would be a, a fantastic, uh, um, <laughs> a fantastic time for for the U.S. men's national team to really kind of put up a, a really good performance here. Um, as far as like how do they stack up against Northern Ireland? I mean, I think I think that they're really going to end up surprising a lot of people. I, I think that offensively they're really solid, defensively they're really solid. Um, so. Um, like you said, Northern Ireland aren't pushovers, but uh, I'm thinking that, that the U.S. team could surprise a lot of folks here. 
Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, it, there's, there's definitely, you know, a sort of core of um, really talented players um, for America. You know, like we said, we mentioned um, Weston McKenney, we mentioned Dest, uh, we mentioned Rayner. You know, in net, I'm, I like Zach Steffen. I think he's a decent little keeper. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got, um, oh, what's his face? That bald fella, that centre half. Oh, Brooks. Yeah, John Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Brooks. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and you've got um, Thingy who plays for Leipzig. Oh. Um... Plays for Leipzig? Is it? Oh, Tyler Adams. Yeah, that's his face, Tyler Adams. Yeah, Tyler Adams. Um, yeah, so you've got like a, a group of really talented players. But it's just about, you know, sort well, A, making them fit into a team and also, you know, filling out the rest of the positions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, oh, the players. men's national team, they sort of lack a, um, you know, a quality number nine, which is, you know, a crucial feature of a lot of national teams. You know, I mean, only American striker I can think of off the top of my head is Josie Altador. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some good ones. Um, I mean, there's some good strikers that they have. Uh, I I can't name them any off the top of my head because again, they're not really household names. But yeah, well, but I mean, at the same time, I've I've seen the team play, and they're when they play, they they do play as a unit, which is actually really really impressive. And I'm all, I'm almost wondering if some of that comes from the fact that you do have players like Tyler Adams or um, Weston McKinney or Christian Pulisic who have all played in Germany at one point or another. Mm. I wonder if that kind of um, philosophy uh, or that playing style has come from the fact that they've played abroad in Germany or where that is, uh, you know, where, where the, the team moving uh, up and down the pitch as a unit is very common. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about sort of um, the German sort of, like, style of coaching, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it seems, you know, from the outside looking in to sort of line up with the sort of, like, American school of thought in terms of coaching, you know, the whole, um, you know, the intensity of the sort of pressing, like, sort of style. It feels like somewhat that, you know, you'd see an American, you know, football in air quotes team um, you know, one of them teams sort of doing, you know what I mean? Like that sort of intense training, it feels like something that would appeal to these young Americans that are obviously going over to Germany. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Well, and, and I think it's just that, that, um, the work rate, right. It's, it's the ability to, to work hard and, and, you know, um, or the mentality that, mentality rather would probably be the better word that you have to you have to put in the work and and that everybody's you know you gotta you've got to be coordinated and moving as one kind of team together um yeah i mean like i said i at the end of the day i think that um the u.s men's national team will ultimately put up a good show here um but yeah hopefully they um Hopefully, by the time the World Cup rolls around in 2026, you know they could really, really surprise some people. Um, another one to, t- to to keep an eye out for is uh, this this Matthew Hope from uh, from Germany uh, from uh, uh, Schalke. Um, he's he's a good forward that uh, uh, 
people should probably keep an eye out for when it comes to the U.S. men's national team. I imagine probably by 2026 he'll be up and around that team. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, that's definitely a name to keep an eye on because I'm sure you know more about um, U.S. football than I do. So well, Maybe not by much. Uh, go on, what are you saying, Harry? Named in Europe that should be coming through. Yeah. So, like, Eunice Musa, uh, Timothy Weir, the son oh, of George yeah, Weir. Oh, yeah. Josh yeah, Sargent, Timothy Weir. Josh Sargent, Brian Reynolds, who just come from um, FC Dallas to Roma. Brian Reynolds? Yeah, Brian Reynolds. Oh, Brian Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Right. There's Anthony Robinson at um, Fulham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember. I remember being really annoyed that we didn't go in for him. Yeah. Well, he would. I remember he was on the brink of going to AC Milan from Wigan. Yeah, but you know, you don't. There was, it's all about pissing Jeff Hendrick going to AC Milan, so you don't know how much yeah. you have to pay to talk. No, but he failed his medical because he found he had a heart condition. Oh That's yeah, I do remember that actually. Yeah. yeah, that was a real shame. Yeah. Um, they've also got Chris Richards, who's that. Hoffenheim, I want to say. I don't know. <laughs> You'll know better than me. Well, and uh, uh, Matt Miazga, right? He, he was playing uh, for the US men's national team for a long time. Well, he didn't he play for Chelsea? He never actually got into our team, no. But he's, yeah. one, he's a case of someone being built up with huge potential and failing. So there is that other side of the coin where these players do make the jump from MLS and then failing. Because Altore mm-hmm. uh, went from uh, MLS and then into Sunderland, and he was absolutely god-awful. <laughs> he was so shite. <laughs> oh. oh, he's funny. But then he absolutely kills it for um, Toronto, so... Oh. <laughs> Who knows? Oh. <laughs> uh. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but I, de- I definitely do think that the US men's national team is one to look out for, I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, like we say, the, the potential is there. It's just whether, you know, these players that run about can make that, you know, that next step up. I keep doing, I keep using my hands. I don't know why. No one can see it. It's, I'm literally just appealing to Tanner and Harry when I use my hands. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, what it's going to come down to ultimately is, you know, five years is, it may feel like a long time, but in retrospect, it's going to be a really short amount of time, and uh, they'll uh, they'll need to develop and be on their A game, and, and I think that, uh, I, I'm thinking that they'll surprise a lot of good, uh, a lot of people in a, in a really good way, mm. so hope, hopefully, we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, um... Right, well, I don't, mean, I don't think there's any more football to cover. I mean, England and San Marino's been a bit shit, so like, can't be arsed talking about that. God, it was such an awful game. But I'm sure that the England versus Albania game will be far better. And if you would rather not listen to Lee Dixon bang on, then why not tune in to... I'm going to do your plug for you. Uh, why not tune in to... <laughs> Radio Techers, you can go on to Shooting the Sport. It's live on YouTube and Twitch. And you can check out myself, Tanner, and also ex, you know, 
don't know why I said it. Oh, oh, it was so smooth. It was so smooth and I messed it up. I tripped over my words. Fuck. Um, you can check out me, Tanner, friend of the show, Mags, and Matt. <laughs> Not friend of the show. Uh, we're all live. going to be live. I'm assuming this will be coming out either today or early tomorrow, which means nothing to podcast listeners because they don't know when we're recording it. But you, you can always just go back in the archives, check it out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But if it's up before the England-Albania game, then you can listen to us live reacting to it on Shooting the Sportish on YouTube and Twitch. I eventually mm-hmm. got through that plug. Jesus Christ. Oh, I hate, I hate doing it. I appreciate it. it. I hate it. Oh, the only reason I'm plugging it is because I'm on it. I don't care about that shit otherwise. <laughs> uh, but I think that's about it. So, you know, I've done a little bit of the plug. I'll let you plug whatever else you want to plug. Oh, well, well, first, I mean, thank you again for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun getting to talk about football and, all, and conspiracy theories and all sorts of other good stuff. Uh, you know, if you would uh, uh, definitely like to check out more content uh, featuring myself at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Uh, we stream typically on Sundays. We usually put out an announcement saying what we're, what we're watching. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow we're going to be watching England versus Albania, which will be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, <laughs> Chris will be there. It'll be a good time. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm really looking forward to being with you and Matt. And that's it. Um, Harry, have you got what you want to plug? Uh, I'll plug my Twitter at HazardChelseaFC. Uh, yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at IWGP Chris BFC, and you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pod. Uh, yeah, I hate doing outros. I'm fucking because I never know what to say. Uh, yeah, that that is you it. nailed it. It's perfect. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is it from us. We'll see you next time. To see all the matties and we're out of here.